Wish I had a bigger head. You know, people with big heads get more famous. Do you know that? Here we are, face to face. Point of view, yeah. A couple of silver spoons. A couple of silver spoons? What are you talking about? What does Here that even mean? Here we are, face to face, a couple of silver Is spoons. that a song? Open your eye, we're two of a kind, making it grow, making it go together. Is this we're a silver spoon? We're gonna find our way. Silver Spoons theme song, I didn't know that. Did you ever watch Silver Spoons? You know, not, I mean, a couple episodes, but not really much. Yeah, you're a little younger for that. It was, it felt a little old to me. Yeah, yep. I remember it. That makes sense. As a kid, but then... I remember him having like a. He rides the like train, train through the house. The train, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, in the house. That's all. He was just a, a. His dad was rich, and that was the whole premise of the show. What a cool show! <laughs> yeah, it's kind of. You're funny rich, daddy, dads. Rich and... white people, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got this idea, guys. It's a divorce okay. dad. Here's a pitch. Uh, man, I feel like I've got a. I've got a better. Having this right here, I feel yeah. like I'm in a better spot where I can see you. Yeah, it was over I, there last time, wasn't it? Maybe. I don't know. I don't but know. I feel like either way that I feel like it's in a better spot. I feel more ergonomic and like I can see you. And I, yeah. I mean, well, I can see you because you're here. I'm here in person. Oh, my. Oh my. In person. It's nice to look in your eyes again, sir. Oh, God. You look, yeah, your beard. I just want to get con- my hand stuck in we're there. We're connecting. I sh- I, dude, I trimmed my beard. It's like really short right now. It is. I yeah, know. It's it's super a, short. That might have been why I said you look skinny because I think you're oh, your beard. Your it definitely beard. made my face look fatter like a week ago when I trimmed it. <laughs> You could like you're. Like, I was like, oh, I have a tiny chin and like a big fucking gullet right here. Dude, every time I yeah, I did. I did. I the, always regret it. Like two weeks ago, I did a very tight trim. I up always and, uh, always regret it, dude. I don't know. I mean, and I use the then, biggest. But then if you look at pictures, like if you ever if you ever like have pictures taken and then look at them, you're like, oh, I don't. I don't. Usually, I feel like I'm. It's okay. It's fine. It's fine. But I always try to keep a little more on the chin just to get that bigger chin look. You know. Oh, dude, look, my yeah. whole life, my yeah. whole life. Yeah, re- that's. It, but it's so obvious. As soon as you re- do this, any, the rest of us that have that do the same thing, it's yeah. like, yeah, it's so obvious. You've just got this like extra little chin. Pull. Yeah, but it looks nice. I yeah. It I, well, you've got you've got you have such a nice thick dense beard. Thank you. In general, thank you. It's getting really gray, man. I know we talk about it, but it's really filling out grays over here. Mm. I, I wish it would just really all see, go I white. I see a couple, but I don't really. I don't think it's. I don't see it as gray as you do. Probably. Wow. Plus, you've got that. Still got the long dark swoop. Dude, I got hair up top too, man. This thing. This is getting fucking out of. I thought control. you were gonna. I thought you were gonna join the freaking long hair hippie, <sighs> the freak, freaky people. I, I just go back and forth every day, man. Every day is a yeah. battle. Do I want to keep it long? It's also a winding road. Long and winding road. Dude, speaking of things I'm excited for, should we just do the show? Let's have fun. Do you feel warm? Yeah, I'm cool. Oh, we've been warm for hours. We've been hanging out. We've been doing stuff. Here we go. Gearbuds podcast in person, live to us. Episode 143. Wow. There it is. Is that right? 143? There's something. Is there any? There's Is there anything special with that number? Is that, I, Not to me, but maybe today. I kind of like episode, how it looks. Maybe. Oof. I love where your head is. Um, it's good to see you again, my friend. It's great to see you. The yous that we're talking about are me. I'm Henry, and that's Dave. What's up? This is our show. Dave's back in person. He's Hi. feeling good. I feel great. Thank you. Oh, man. So happy. We already, already asked you earlier, so I'm not going to ask mm-hmm. you again. But World, he's back. He's we're back. fighting. We're back. He's killing it. He's post-Ronies. We're, uh, we're hanging, and we're going to do a podcast. Damn right. I've been doing some stuff that we're going to talk about later on in the show that we may or may not have finished, like a couple yeah. of ding We can talk about it. We can make it a two-parter. Yeah, it's going to have to be at this point. This came in, it became a two-parter. I was prepared for that. I was not. That's why I brought the hard case. I was like, it might go into storage for a few weeks. It's all right. 
I might oh, need my gig bag later. Oh, I'm so glad that you you knew better because I did not. I thought we were going to get it done. We'll talk about that later. Here we go. Let's dive in the Symphony of Corrections. Here's your weekly reminder that cables are tone tubes. Thank you for listening to this. I'm excited to be talking at you. Yeah, at you. And with you because we love you. And if you don't already, follow us, subscribe on the things and the places. Email us at gearbudspodcast at gmail.com. We love to hear from you. We do. If you reach out, we'll uh, maybe talk to you sometimes. I think, you know, I got to be honest. I think someone did, and I forgot to put it in the outline. Oh, so we'll we get to it one. next week. We got in the backlog. So sorry, folks. Here we go. Uh, what do we got on here? Let's just, this is a bit of a hodgepodge today. We're, we're still going to talk about the one thing that I wanted us to talk about because what else are we going to talk about? But we're yeah. gonna, part two is going to be a little bit of a follow up uh, yeah. session on it. So know that that's coming later and it might have something to do with yes yes all or zaz four strings yeah Mm. really giving it away maybe (laughs) uh nam's happening this week folks if you're listening so if you haven't already registered for the believe in music uh, virtual sessions you should do that because what what dates are that again that that, those dates are that again on the thursday the 20th and that's what so live Stuff is happening Thursday the 20th. You got to register and then you can watch all sorts of panels and discussions cool. and wiggity woggity. And then on Friday, I don't think all of it, but it seems like some of it, some amount of it will be available for uh, on demand type. Like to rewatch. To rewatch. But it doesn't seem like it's going to be in perpetuity. So okay, get on it if you're interested in new gear stuff and NAM stuff because uh, that's happening this week. I don't know if you saw this, Dave. I don't know if you see what Gibson does on instagram no i'm not, i haven't been on the gram yeah, you're, you've been off the gram I they know. teased the return of maestro pedals this week oh really yeah i'm they, excited for that yeah i kind of didn't remember or know maybe that they owned maestro or that brand or whatever have they always for a while now yeah i'm pretty sure i haven't looked into it but i'm pretty sure they've had it for a minute and i forgot uh, about those pedals. they teased on their instagram just sort of like you know how brands do that a lot now where they'll just show just like a dark ang- oblique angle sort of out of focus where you yeah. see like a little bit of it and like it a like, little like of the logo or right, something that's exactly right uh, and you saw the maestro logo it's and it was like a oh, teaser but wow. uh, it, it made me tingle a yeah bit. what are the did they say what they're releasing nothing okay so next week we'll probably have to follow up with that too maybe if they <laughs> announce I, what, it i mean I, they, gibson you're just doing all kinds of stuff man gibson's doing they're, they're stirring guys. that pot they're keeping this industry rolling right yeah. now i mean you know i don't think they're alone but they're doing a lot of i think they're doing a lot of noteworthy stuff maybe mm-hmm. that's just because we i'm a fanboy and, and i've made you be a fanboy I am. through through osmosis i'm fully in yeah it's only a matter of time before i buy a gibson gibsonosis so uh that's the gibson i will be i'll be i'll be keeping a close eye on that dave cool those are those old pedals are fun and usually noisy and were they big very expensive. uh their fuzz was like a really big thing right i do like their fuzz i uh i know that queens of stone age josh homie is, is a fan they make the, they're like those big wedge mm-hmm. pedals that have the uh rotary knobs on the side like big big old so they're kind of like the old morley pedals no no they're not they're they're their own this sort of thing it's like the you turn them on and off like normal with a normal switch but they're this wedge shape okay and then on usually on either side there will be these wheels mm-hmm. and they're like big knobs and, oh, wow. and you can change them with your feet okay so you can scroll it with your foot very easily on, on either side i feel like i just saw one of these for sale on craigslist right now did you there, see that there, there might a, be somebody painted it purple oh wow no i did don't you see know. that i have not seen that okay i think i meant to send it to you and i think you were busy so i didn't and then i forgot about it so that's what happens yeah um, we talk about it i'll on try to find that show. 
That was kind of anticlimactic. So there. that'll be cool. Yep. But send that to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I have a little bit of a sad thing. You might you haven't been on the gram, so you might not have seen this either. This week, Fender announced uh, via Instagram, unfortunately, that their uh, longest tenured employee passed away. Oh wow! Yeah, oh. unfortunately, Rogelio Roger Centeno, I believe, is his last name. Uh, started working at Fender in February of 1960. Cool. And retired September 2021st and was known as, quote, king of the metal shop. So, uh, dang. Yeah, isn't that crazy, man? Mm-hmm. He worked there. He'd been long. there from 1960 until 2021. That's a long freaking wow. time. Wow. I hope he racked up some cool guitars over those years, you know? You had, he saw everything. Yeah. So, rest in peace. Wanted to just note that because I mean that's just I couldn't I couldn't believe it. And, and not even any not even just Fender or us but like any working for any company any, for over sixty years yeah. holy cremolis yeah that says a lot about the company too you know must have treated him pretty good that's right Hopefully. that's right that's a good point uh, dude this is a crate you might have seen this the uh, pretty pretty cool Les Paul went up for sale this past week and then was sold actually it turns out that you might have seen it was a fifty three gold top. Uh, I didn't see that one specifically. We've got to talk about this. Okay, let's do it. And you know, it's not just us. I saw, I actually watched a YouTube video about it. Reverb noted it. This is a cool freaking guitar. We got to talk about it. This woman named Linda Lee, original owner, 1953 gold top Les Paul from Chicago. And she rules dude, because she was a professional gigging guitar player for many years and did a bunch of cool mods to her guitar that, in fact, some of them, I don't know if I've ever seen done the way that she did it, and I think it's super badass. Okay. First of all, at some point, in this it was a gold top. I think it got refinished at some point to get make it gold again because, sure. you know, those all went, turned apart, green. Yeah. And uh, in the 60s, she put a Bigsby on there, which is, you know, that's, I mean, that's just like a pretty typical modification sometime in the early 60s. But here's a quote. As Lee writes in her listing, because this was listed for sale on Reverb, I had to stand up and play a four-hour gig in high-slash-spike heels, and it was hard to step on the reverb and vibrato foot switches. Oh, no. So there are toggle switches to turn on off anything you want to use with your right thumb. Wow. So basically... They're down by the... No. So above above where... Uh, like Sort of in between the pickups, but like above the... On the Almost like a bounce. Jazz Master or something like that? Yeah, but lower than that. Okay. Are two switches, and... You can on on the bottom, like norm, near where the output of the guitar is, mm-hmm. there are now two more quarter inch outputs. Okay. Or I guess, no, yeah, th- those would be outputs in this instance that you could then plug any you know a f- controller for any effect in and switch on and off right there from your freaking guitar, dude. Wow. Yeah, she did this in the '60s. Holy shit, man! Yeah, that's awesome. Isn't that amazing? I've never even thought of doing something like that. That's crazy. It's super cool. It's almost like proto MIDI. But, you know, of course, you have to run two more quarter inch cables from your guitar. You could pretty much pretty easily loom them into some sort of triangular sort of situation with your, you know, because there'll be three cables with your guitar's output. Sure. But either way, man, I thought that was super badass. So those random pedals, and then instead of using her foot, she could use her hand. To she could turn reverb off. or so vibrato cool. on or off. But you can do whatever you want, wow. you know, with them, however you have your system um, set up. Did the guitar have the original pickups in it? Looked like it did have the original P90s. Cool. And uh, it sold, dude. That was already already sold. So I don't, well, well what, you know, it's hard to say. You can see what it was listed at, right? Yeah. But I don't know. The, me, I don't what know what it that? sold. It was listed. I Actually, why don't you guess? Modded 53 gold top, refinished, technically 
original owner. Original owner, forty grand. Wow, dude, you're getting so good at this. Thirty five is what it was listed. Dang, at, I almost which said to 35. me says it was probably it probably sold a you know it probably accepted Maybe. an offer a bit lower than yeah. that. But, uh, yeah, because I've seen some. It's funny with the gold tops. You think they would be so high up? Like the bursts are insane money, right? And then you see like old gold tops, like a fifty three gold top go for like you know or listed for like thirty five to fifty in that mm-hmm. range, which is still a ton of money for fifty sevens go for a lot because it, that was the first year with humbuckers. Yeah, they switched it. So over, you start right? to see yeah. those prices. But you're right. The it's for some reason those old that old school of guitarists decided that the fifty eight to sixty ones were the best mm-hmm. in that not gold finish. I don't I don't know I don't know why. But you're right, dude. Dang. Because I even this week I saw there was I saw a couple bursts that I hadn't seen before on Reverb One in the usual sort of like two seventy five range, and then mm-hmm. I saw one that was over four hundred. That might have been Brian Ray, Did, Paul uh, McCartney's guitar player. What was the tech? Uh, Alan Rogan, I think his name was. He was a famous guitar tech, and he was he had one listed for like three hundred thirty thousand. I don't know if I if I saw it was that a one. burst, but it was it was like really yellow looking. It was fucking oh, awesome. we did talk about that one. Yeah, that, that kind of looked like the Jimmy Page uh, top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was insane. Um, that one was dope. There, yeah, there are a bunch of bursts up there right now, man. Mm-hmm. You know, in fact, we had, I think it might have been GOB. Shout out, I think today's actually his birthday. Shout out, it, it'll be, by the time this comes out, unfortunately, it won't be anywhere. Our good buddy GOB, Handsome Johnny, today, nice. I think today. Happy birthday. birthday. Happy belated. But he actually reached out and said that at one point that we should do just a straight up burst episode where we just talk about <sighs> be so cool. bursts. I really like those conversions. I see those pop up a lot. You do. You've been seeing those. You've been sending me those. I think, I think I there's like, like a couple 53. You know me, man. I like the things that actually. just aren't quite like original or perfect or mm-hmm. right. And those are cool to me because it's, yeah, they'll do like a 53 to 57 conversion. Oh, dude, that would be the only way I'd get close to owning a guitar And, and like they'll that. sell them, you know, in the 30 to 50 range. There's still a ton of money, but like <sighs> it's all that old wood. Pretty cool. Dude, I want some old freaking wood. Old wood, baby. What year is that? What year? So I, we've got a guitar sitting out right yeah. now that I'm loaning to the Dave. Aria Pro Two. Aria Aria Pro Two. I think it's called the LS eight hundred. Maybe it's is the probably one the of the model. best Les Paul copies I've seen. Like a lawsuit. Totally. I look at a lot of those things. Yeah, it's, it's an early lawsuit. I think it's. I want. I can't remember if it was seventy six or seventy seven. Yeah, that that was a big era for those. It's not a freaking Hanks Hanger Bolty. No, I will tell you that it's not it's a like, It's a real set neck les paul uh that the, the guitar the plays colors. great dude. you love dude you love that vintage old burst it's like a mahogany burst yeah. or something mm-hmm. i don't know what you, would you call love that. that yeah it's so cool. and so, sometimes like it, it looks pretty brown right now sometimes it has a little more orange to it or a little more yellow but dude yeah we're gonna like, take it home with him today it also it has another thing that i know you love about les paul's uh, an aged like a cream yes. binding yeah the binding is Again, with Les Pauls, I mean, look, I'm barely a guitar player. So, like, with Les Pauls, I want to. I like to listen to how I, want well, I like how cool. you play guitar. Thank you. You, you bang away at those I can things. bang I away. Like I know them. the power yeah. chords. That's, I know all the power chords. But you, you clang it. You, you've got good time. You've got good Thanks, rhythm. I, I, th- I like how you play guitar. Um, that being said, I, I would keep that out just to look at it. So, that is important to me, having like the kind of off white mm. and just the really cool color scheme is important. In this light right now, especially this daylight that we have mm-hmm. going on, I don't get daylight like this in my place. So, this is, you can really see that color pop, man. I love it. It's a great guitar, and uh, you know it's it's got the most trapping trappings. A lot of the '70s types of guitars. It's got a volute on the back of the neck, which you learned about recently. I did. It's a, I wouldn't say it's heavy, but it's it's certainly you wouldn't pick it up and call it a light guitar. Mm-mm. 
No, it's probably it's a Les Paul. 10 pounds, something like that, right? And, uh, you know, right now I do think it needs a little bit of uh, love on some uh, some of the upper frets. It seems like it's been, I think it's been... A little filing going on? Yeah, so I'm pretty sure, it, I'm quite sure it's been refretted at some point, it's like, which is great. But it seems like those upper frets need just a little bit of love. And I just, frankly, haven't had the time or patience to care about it. So you're going to, you'll be fine. As long as you're not doing too much shredding up in the top, like, 17th fret or so, you should be okay. I don't, yeah, I don't go that high. 12 is where I stop. That's where the that's <laughs> bass player zone that's is, it, is the dude. 12th fret. That's it, baby. Maybe sometimes, you know, it's kind of nice to get up to like the 10th, the 12th, do like something on the on the 15th fret or so. Because yeah. it's just like, oh, you got to remember is all the same stuff that you do like with like the third fret. You sure. Know? Yeah. You just have to move your eyes. It's just numbies. Yeah. You got to move your eyes. And uh, <laughs> just I, I just want to say really quick, we don't have to get into it too much because who cares? But also, you know, this is a music show. The, the Grammys are being postponed. Oh, they're supposed to be held on January 31st, but with all the omicrons and the bullshit, um, I don't believe in they the Grammys, it and they don't, uh, they're not, they don't even have a date selected yet for when it's going to be. Could care less. You don't even believe in it, but I just want to mention it because it's in the freaking crypto.com arena, which I might be the worst name for anything ever. Honestly, I just crypto.com arena. I hate, I hate everything about it. <laughs> it's brutal. Anyway, my friend, now we get to do something that I'm excited about because I get to yeah. say my favorite words, but then we also get to do a little tag team tag team today. duo because we both watch the same she's because we discovered it and it's going to tie into some other shit that we talk about and it's great. Can I do the announcement for it then? You the want- two words that I like to say oh, every week no way. is three words that I like to say no every way. week. Hank hey, Dave's dog. Oh, dude, you just made, you honestly just made my week Three, and, and kind of like there, brought man. a little bit of a tear into my Three eye. in the mix. I, I mean, you, believe that. you worked hard this week too. You know, we both watched the doc together. We did. I, I got to take credit for this one. I found this one. You did. You did. You found the article about it and you found And then I just the actual, was like, I'm just going to look it up. Which I was confused about. Well, we'll get into it. What's it called? What did we watch? We watched the Terry Kath Experience. Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. I think it's like Chicago colon the Terry... The Terry, no, I had just the Terry Kath experience. Really? Okay, we're gonna, we might have to, we might have to. Uh, I, I thought that there was like a subtitle situation. That's what I wrote on it. Okay, yeah, we might. Have, I'm gonna have to. I'll double Ooh. check for the symphony. Did I just break that chair? I might have just broke. It's okay. No, it actually, it just fixed itself. Oh, good, dude. The Terry Kath experience. We have been talking about him. I feel like Terry Kath has Comes been up a, a running theme throughout the show since Rightly early so. on. And I and I and if I if I have to pinpoint it, I might say it started with. Cadian from Twin Peaks. Mm-hmm. I remember talking a lot about it in that episode. Yep. But either way. Well, and I I did bring the the Netflix has a Chicago documentary. Mm-hmm. And I did bring that to Dave Stocks one day, but that was that was a long time ago. For Damn, sure. Dude, I forgot about that. Um cuz I I learned about the ranch, the Caribou Ranch and all that Caribou stuff, which I never ranch, knew about. That's right. But um this was specifically a documentary about Terry Kath and his yes. and his life and kind of growing up and stuff. So They they did they did get into the sort of the history of Chicago because so much of the of history of Chicago was through him, Yeah, you know, but it, you're right, it was about him and mostly it focused on him and, and his story and then also his guitar, which is amazing for us gear buds. Dude. It's almost like a documentary that was made just for us, dude. I, the fact that there was an underlying kind of theme where they were looking for this old Telecaster. Yes. 
made it so gear nerdery to I me know. and so cool. And like they went to that. Remember they go to the high school and the kids kind of explaining about. Which I think is in the area because it's all. Dude, yeah, I have to say. It's it, all it also, Dude, that's the other thing about this documentary. It's kind of like an old Chicago documentary yeah, it because is. it's about the band Chicago. But like. Like they performed in Gold meatballs Coast. Yeah. With these freaking sausages in our lungs, we got to, yeah, dude. It was all over the show. Yeah, it was shown areas in the Gold Coast that's Russian just like a chestnut, freaking man. Like a right freaking uh, uh, parking garage. Yeah, it's now. like an Urban Outfitters or something. Yeah, oh, the daughter. So it's a daughter of Terry Kath, Michelle yep. Kath Sinclair, who's also like a DJ and just kind of badass mm-hmm. in general. You can tell she knows she knows it. music for sure. She's a very musical person, it, and I think she directed it too. Right? It seems like mm-hmm. she like did everything for yeah. this documentary, and it's a story. It's kind of yeah, it's a story of this daughter trying to meet her dad through his guitar, and then she finds ways. this all this old footage, which was he took tons. He was another one of those people they talk about. He took tons of eight millimeter video footage we talk about that a lot and it's we like do. with it's so cool though like what who at what point do you decide i'm just going to start filming my life like it's so interesting to me mm-hmm. and i guess you have now you have you know it's in your pocket you can film I've got, your i life. take pictures and videos all the time on my yeah my cell phone there. yeah that's true but like back then to have the accessibility in the late 60s early 70s to be like oh i'm just gonna buy a camcorder you know and just have yeah. this or what it would not a camcorder what did they have back just then? a little eight mil yeah they yeah, were little, i don't film. even know what they were called just little film oh, boys yeah. and the, you know probably silent eight millimeter i gotta carry around like a battery pack with it and and, stuff. and then all sorts of tapes and that's the thing is then you wind up with all these tapes hopefully they survive hopefully you have a way yeah. to access them in the future yeah and they did in this film they used a lot they of that did. footage so that was cool dude there was a lot of a lot of cool stuff to talk about in this one a lot of um celebrities we might as well get the celebrity sightings out sure. of the way uh joe walsh he was my plays favorite. a big part in it i love joe walsh dude I, I i love listening to that dude talk he's so cool man i was just like I, I'm, I'm never really sure about joe walsh i'm a don henley kind of guy when it comes <laughs> to, the, to the eagles <laughs> that's one of the less lesser cool things you've ever sure, said on this sure. no I, I said it loud and proud um but i love james gang james gang is one of my favorite bands ever so like it was oh, cool yeah, to see him funk. just his the way the way he would tell stories he's like oh yeah we were getting high back then well everybody was well that that leads to one of the sadder parts of the movie man because that's when like the sort of downward spiral yeah. of the talking about all the drug use at caribou ranch and all yep. that kind of shit happens yeah and i knew a lot of that uh it, you from, know, the, from the old doc, doc right? that i watched i knew it started to get weird there but i didn't know what extent this does dive in and it's pretty honest about how fucked up he was getting yeah, you know. that's true. Wait, who, who else? What other celebs? I saw Jeff. There was Jeff Lynn from Jeff Yellow. Lynn's in there. Talk. Not very much. Just Steve, a little bit. Just a little Lynn. touch. Yeah, a little bit in the beginning. Steve Lukather played a bit of a role in there. Obviously, I mean, all the band. The rest members. of the band, Pierce yeah. Terra and yeah, all those folks. Cool. Damn, I thought there was more. I didn't write that. Okay, the list. so let's talk about the music a little bit. Yes, there were a couple of guitar solos, live guitar solos in this documentary that. It was two of the best guitar solos I've ever I've mm-hmm. ever heard in my life. Yeah, and they're both in versions of twenty five or six to four. Mm-hmm. I couldn't freaking believe it, dude. Um, can we just go ahead and I want to I want to say this to get this out early. Yeah, maybe the most underrated guitar player of all time. Yeah, it, and it comes up a few times in this documentary. It and does. It, it has. He has to be just. And I and I was thinking about that actually. Why Why do you think that is? Because I think it's because well, there are two reasons that I can come back to. Mm-hmm. One, and there and there are things and there and I and, and it's, there are the things that I relate to specifically. Sure. One, I didn't know that he sang. Big one. So that makes me respect. He was a front man. He was a front man. Yeah. Not only was he was he ripping just wicked wah wah solos, you yeah. know, he was also singing a bunch of songs and mm-hmm. had this really interesting soulful voice. I didn't realize. Here's the other side of it, and here's the part that's a little harder for me to say, Dave, because I fucking love Terry Kath and I love this documentary. 
I don't really like a lot of Chicago's music. Okay, fair enough. There are a lot, especially some of the earlier stuff. I do really dig the really gnarly CTA psychedelic. Stuff. Well, so I do have that on vinyl, but like even yeah. the early Chicago stuff there, and, and some of the hits. Don't get me wrong, I love those too. But like w- when it gets a little more sort of loungy or, or just like horny, yeah. Uh, and I don't mean that in a sexual way. <laughs> I know what you mean. It loses me. Yeah, it's just not my. It's just not my total but, vibe. But some like the the Chicago that I do like, I really like. Right. Well, that's going back to it then. So the reason he was kind of overshadowed it was because of these horn sections. You think mm-hmm. of this band, or a lot of people who don't know who Terry is, don't think of this band as a guitar band. They no. think of it as a horn section. Band, and they do a good job of addressing that, I think, in a they documentary do. too. And that was interesting. I didn't know about his kind of internal struggle with that, you know, and wanting to start another project and mm-hmm. everything with. With no horns. Yeah. Um, so the movie starts. Let's just let's get through that. Yeah. She's like Terry, or Terry, Terry's daughter. Michelle's like, yo, I'm gonna find this guitar. Here's where the Chicago meatballism really comes in. She lands in freaking O'Hare Airport, greatest airport in the freaking world. Yep. No, that's not true. It's actually a super horrible airport to go ass. through. Yeah. Uh, you know, I learned today that the United States has over twenty thousand airports in it, like more than uh, almost like triple any other country. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Uh, let's talk about some gear spotting because this Lots is where I started spotting. noticing a lot of stuff. So the early on, she's carrying a guitar case right away through the airport. And then we, they, then they start talking early days in the band. He had, he had a pretty cool, Terry had a cool Gretsch that he was playing. Jazz master. Dude, the jazz master. White jazz master. Every good old documentary from that era has, has, like, a, has an old jazz master. That photo it. of a guy playing with the jazz the, master. Yeah, Dude, it's white, always that picture. It's like the same one over and over. We're having chair of issues. It's because I, you know, it's because I was sitting on it, fucking with it earlier. Oh, okay, that's fine. And then there was that cool. Then they all, what all had? They all had a bunch of instruments up at that cool lake house. He had a Firebird at one point. Dude, okay, Firebird. He had that. My maybe my favorite. There was a performance of "I'm the Man." Early or early, that was I think it was first, early on, yeah. and he's playing an SG like custom, or maybe yeah. it's a Les Paul custom. I'm not sure like what year it was, but it has SG body yep. shape. Uh, the strat, obviously. Obviously, there's a strat. A stripped strat. Stripped strat. Which was, uh, it looked like I'm probably early mid '60s, if I had to guess, because it was a rosewood neck. Are you talking? Okay, so you're talking about not the not the later strat, which we're I'm not going to spoil from the end of the movie. No, 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 no. Right, I don't okay. talk about that. Right. No, this was uh, the one he was playing in 25. Yeah, the stripped yeah. one. Yeah. Might have even. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's probably '60s. It had. I think late, it had to have been late '60s. Yeah, I, I didn't see the big headstock logo, which is kind of noticeable, and it looked like it had the smaller size mm-hmm. headstock. So I, to me, it, it seems like a between a sixty-two to a sixty-five, but I don't know. I and then wrong. I mean, we've got to talk about it. The telly, that's like the the sort the of the, guitar, the, the the guitar. So they call it what, the pig nose telly. They call it the pig nose. Why telly. is that? Well, well, Dave, there's a fuckload of pig nose stickers. Is that all what those are? Top. Yeah, and and there's actually a couple pictures of him. He wore he would wear a pig nose T-shirt. Yeah. Like the you know the mini amp Pignos being the amp company yeah and uh, yeah so all those little the circles and then and then you'll know like he also just took like the rest of the, the sticker back sheet piece, yeah and stuck that which that I on never really noticed I guess but yeah it's there's funny. a Blackhawks logo on there which you know Shy Town Meatball logo it's right a cool there. it's a cool Blackhawks my favorite pictures of him are when he was playing that guitar wearing a red Blackhawks sweater yeah dude mm-hmm. uh, and then what there was another what's the other the, there's like a big M sticker on there I'm trying to remember what that is yeah it's I'm like not sure Monaco what that or Morocco mm-hmm. or some shit and see what was on there yeah um, which so we're gonna come back to the guitar after oh, yeah. Dave's doxing because yes. there's a reason there, there might be a little bit of a freaking signature situation happening with that guitar but uh, so what gear was that thing was it a 59 the Strat the Tele 
Oh, no, no. The Tele was a, a 66? 66, 67, 66. Okay, right. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Which was interesting because 67 and 66, it was um, really when they were transitioning, starting to use maple more often. So yeah. a lot of those are a one-piece maple neck, um, which was different than how they started doing it in the 70s. Fucking I. Yeah. So he, early on, I didn't know, uh, he would just like go to DePaul Music School classes and hang out there. Yeah, I didn't know that either. And, he, that, and that's how he met a lot. He of wasn't her. in. He, he, he didn't, didn't go, go to DePaul. No, he just showed up he every just, day. He would just. And everyone said he was like, yeah, he could hang. He didn't like know music notation and he didn't. theory and all that stuff, but he could hang and play with all the best of them. Yeah. And then they like started hanging out, and they he, they were on the Dick Clark tour. He they, they played know that. Dick Clark's band. Yeah, that did was not know it's that. hilarious. To see, and he played bass a lot. In yeah, that. he did. It's hilarious to see them in those like matching suits of like vibe of that time. I was gonna ask because they started talking about him wanting to go on the Dick Clark tour, and his buddy was like, hey, if you get a bass, you can play bass on this tour and he was like i don't know if you want to do it or not and then he's like i'll go get a fender bass and then he said i got an echo bass. yeah right yeah i know an echo i'm trying to EKO, think like, those italian yeah i thought like, it was like some cheap yeah, he got like a cheap bass like yeah because they didn't really show it i, don't I didn't think. really see it uh-uh. um but it, it was funny he went to get a fender and he ended up with like something I weird. That, they were, that i'm sure back then it was sort of like kleenex it was like i'm gonna get a fender bass yeah. like that was just like yeah was, you're like, right like the household, thing. yeah totally uh, here, you know, I want to I want to notice that I mentioned this, and I want to say it in the kindest way possible. Uh, it's one of them, I mean, we're obviously talking about him and how much we love him, but I want to call out the fact that even though all this is true, he was not what I would I would call a stereotypically handsome man. Mm. You know, he had sort of he was always he was kind of like big a big guy. dude and kind of like husky, hulking kind of a yeah. Like uh, I, I, I talk about this a lot, and like especially like as a member of Tall Boys, you mm-hmm. know, like this this world where I feel like a lot of this like guitar goddery is the relegated skinny arms to the, and the like skinny the, little yeah, and long he, and he was always kind of like a big dude. Like he definitely he would have been on the offensive line with us if oh, he yeah. had played football, and he would have been in the Tall Boys band for sure. I don't that's you know I was I don't know how tall he was. That's I, it seemed like he was probably about average height, but yeah. just like he was thick, sort of thick, thick dude. Yeah. And and I and I have to say I appreciate that, and I want to say let's make. Let's make music ugly again. Yeah, man. I'm in, dude. You know? Yeah, I'm in. Let's just like let's just let's. I'm just trying do that. over here, man. I'm, dude, I, I disagree <laughs> with that beard of yours. But I gotta say this also. We we didn't mention they talked about his rig, his like amps and shit. When we're talking, he played like Radio Shack and acoustic PA amps. Yeah, that uh, was crazy. To he me. didn't even have a real guitar head. It was like a PA head or yeah. something. Yeah. And then he played. Why did he wrap it in chicken wire? What was that all about? He was getting For weird interference, and so he created a Faraday cage with chicken wire. And he's like, "I don't care. This I works. Don't care. This is my rig. Like, I'm. I don't. I don't care." And they were like, "Do you want us to fix it or get you another rig?" He's like, "No." This is his sound. That's what I liked about him. I mean, he he was a lover of of guitars and and material objects, obviously, which we can get into later. But but he really was simple when it came to his like. You know, he didn't always have like the new Marshalls. And the new stuff on I stage. I never saw anything like that with him. Just some different guitars, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, a couple different guitars, but like really it was like his tone, uh, a lot of it, you know, did come from that amp. So that's And cool. his freaking bone tone, baby. Yeah, obviously. So then they became CTA. Well, they were the big thing first. The big thing. And they there were some funny lines. And he's about like, that. I got I'm glad we changed that band name, man. That would have been the big thing. Yeah, he's like a lot to live up to. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then they were CTA, which I think is such a cool band. And S- some of the coolest parts of the documentary, this, in my opinion. This era for me is my favorite because yeah. one, I have I have the vinyl like you do. Yeah. I have an original copy me my too. uncle gave me, um, so it's very special to me. He gave it to me for uh, Christmas one year, and I remember like I wasn't really into it when I first got it. I was kind of like eh, I knew some of the songs. Uh-huh. But when they start talking about introduction, oh man! So there's a track the, for people with who don't the know section that goes into 198. So I wrote it down. 
it starts in four four. Yep. It goes to three eight, and then nineteen eight. Yeah, and then I think maybe back to back four, to four, four, but in in a different tempo. Sure, and then so um, they recorded and played that live one take. Well, I don't know how many takes, but mm-hmm. they said they played it live, live. on the record. Mm-hmm. So what you hear is what you get. And then they would improv that too when they would play. Um, they said that his he did one take of that guitar song on that record. That's I think what you're thinking of that with one take. Oh, okay. yeah, like his whatever guitar solo. But yeah, dude, that that song. That song is when they show you like the notation. I don't know if that really was the sheet music for uh-huh. it, but I was like, it was like looking at oh, Chinese. I, I had I no idea was. what I was looking at, man. It was wild. Yeah. Was that crazy. was that was and then okay so one of, I, I think one of the th- we've talked about it a lot they, they explored this myth that I know you've heard and I've heard and we've talked about on this show that you know when Jimi Hendrix was asked what it was like to be the greatest guitar player he said I don't know ask Terry Cat yep and they didn't they never like they specifically didn't say, that quote. say that quote but they kind of say it a few times and it seems like it was probably real because. They fucking toured with him, and I did See, not I know did, that. I thought they, I knew they opened for him, but I didn't know they were like bros. Like they hung out all the time. Yeah, so they talked. They, he Hendrix came and saw them play. They were the house band at the whiskey. Right. The owner of the whiskey is this woman, Michelle. The like that's her godfather. Like that's yeah. you know Terry became real tight with him. Right. Right. And uh, they said Hendrix came in one night, and then they were like, "Oh my god!" They were like in the dressing room afterwards, and like, he, "Oh my god, Hendrix was here!" And then yeah. he like comes in, and he goes. You guys are motherfuckers. You guys are motherfuckers. <laughs> and then he called people and was like, "Yo, I want them on my tour." Yeah. And then he went. And he got they toured open. Yeah, for it, him. it makes sense to me now that there is. It's even cooler now. I believe it more that he said that he was the best because when you do hang out with someone all the time and you're like friends, even if it was just for like a tour or whatever, or as long as Jimmy lived or however you want to, you know, however mm-hmm. long they were friends for, you do compliment your friends. You say stuff like that a lot, and, you know? So yeah. to have someone overhear him saying you're better at me than guitar is like, that's just awesome. And I will say this, I never realized how close they kind of um, were as far as like how musically close they were. I thought Terry Kath's natural vocals sound a lot like Jimi Hendrix. Oh. And I thought he also was really big into the feedbacky solo type things. Dude, I had never thought what was about that, that. Was that were you talking about that solo already where he was playing it and he was like, just let it rip? And he wasn't even using pedals and yeah, they play yeah. a portion of it and it's like complete feedback right. through the thing. And um they really have a lot of overlapping qualities from as far as musicians go too. And I, That's I never a really good that. point. I never yeah. thought about that. They get they get to the caribou. We don't need to get too deep in the caribou ranch thing, as you said. We've talked about that before on the show. Uh, how much money did these guys make to get that fucking ranch? Well, I, here's the thing. I don't think oh, so. In 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 my like vague semi today this morning, looking at this afterwards research, mm-hmm. uh, I don't think that the caribou ranch was theirs. They probably rented it. I think caribou ranch. Yeah. So it seems like they were like the first band to play and they, do stuff there. But and like, they set up. I think it was there. other people. Right. I think yeah. I don't know. The, that was unclear to me. I wanted. What? I was going to ask you about that. If the that studio? was there, if Caribou Ranch was theirs, or if that was someone else's. Oh, I don't know who owned it. Yeah. Um, they made it sound like they owned it, but, but I know that Elton John recorded there. Right. Michael, Michael Jackson, Jackson, like a lot of big stuff. Well, it, done well, there. well, Chicago was the first band to ever record. Right. There. Exactly. And then they were probably like, "Oh, this works great as a studio. Let's bring it in." Maybe that was a source of revenue to like bring people in. But that wasn't you, clear to me. When you think about when you when it's described to you about this ranch. I think of a ranch. I've been to some ranches. There's usually a house. There's a farm. Mm-hmm. There's like you know some. There's some land. This Maybe was something a, a like 700 pen. acres or oh, something. Oh, it was massive. I yeah. mean, it was a city, and they have it all fenced off, and they're riding horses in the woods, and they 
they also had their own houses, which I thought was really cool. Oh my god! When they go back to that one house, at I was the like, very dude, end, I yeah. want a freaking. I want to write a song write there, a record man. there, man. She's like, "There's a bullet hole in the ground." Yeah, like, accidental oh misfire, dude. Which is unfortunate. And yeah, pretty much. But I, I, I do want to get back to also like just. It seemed like they had a lot of money, right? He was buying Porsches. They lived in the Hollywood Hills dude, for a while. Yeah, like, they were doing well, it's, and that's what they says they got massive in Europe, and then mm-hmm. it kind of for some reason they never really took the same level of, of and they, foothold here. They toured the a lot too. So oh, they, yeah. they, I think they, they lived on the road for a you while. You could make a lot of money touring, I think. And you know, back th- they made a lot of records and had international hits. So yeah, dude. Oh yeah. yeah, there was nine. I'm sure I was thinking about you and showing his, his 911 and oh the, the, the green one. Yeah, the green one. That's that's almost identical to the one that a a, a girlfriend of mine was father was building. I think oh, we talked about we it a few weeks ago. About, yeah, and it was like that. So I was like, oh, that's like a 66, 67 uh-huh. Porsche 911. Yeah, oh, so the cool. green one. Yeah, yeah. You, I don't know if you ever that British racing like a cu- green. Yeah, custom. Because I mean, Porsche is an Italian company. It's awesome. Uh, that was when things started to take a turn. Unfortunately, though, yeah. that's when stuff starts to get sad. The drugs come into play. Joe Walsh, he said, he talks about all the drugs that they were doing back yeah. then. So he did kind of say it wasn't just him. You know, it was, and the rest of the band, the band said, admitted they all were doing. They were shit, So it wasn't just him. But um, I mean, when you got eight guys and everybody's partying like that, one guy and like you said, kind of unlimited money essentially. Yeah, and one one guy's gonna kind of take it too far that's usually what happens in these stories. and this is where they also talk about the fact that he got into guns and was always yeah. kind of when they're at caribou ranch he always walked around with a gun on his hip yeah when he had it for that show which uh, side note i want to find that performance they did a they brought up kids from uh uh university of colorado uh-huh they and they flew them all in or got them up there somehow and they played a show for them and they show some of the footage of it at the very end when they're oh. watching on the screen that's the Colorado. that's the university of colorado like like students were in the crowd and he had a gun still on his head. and that was when he shot it up in the air and oh, everyone's like holy man, shit dude, yeah. dude but they said he came out like you know and they were peak drugs at that point mm-hmm. too so obviously drugs and fucked up. guns don't mix. don't play with fucking guns people yeah. uh, but i guess the to, around that time i didn't know this that he was going to start a soul another band called cook county yeah that was i, I didn't was know that like, either as as any as any non-chicago freaking meatballs don't know if you don't know cook county is the county that we're in where yep. chicago is yep. so that was sort of the thing um but yeah so that was where he, when he accidentally killed himself yeah yeah uh, and i you know i and i think i remember even talking to you about this when i watched the netflix one mm-hmm. and i think i brought up the fact that he was stayed up for two days he was i th- i thought I, I thought i said he was cleaning his gun but he was playing with his gun mm-hmm. and it went off and killed him and i think we both were like probably you know shot himself yeah most people assume and they make multiple points in that movie that they definitely nobody thinks that he did that on purpose that was an accidental death Mm -hmm. he there was one left in the chamber and he put it up to his head as a joke and pulled the trigger there was a bolt in the chamber they he's like oh look there's nothing to clip put it in but he didn't know that there was still one in the chamber i mean you know that could fucking happen man so almost 32 years old Yep, I did not. To your point with the money and the ranch and everything, mm-hmm. I did not realize how freaking massive Chicago the band already was. Yeah, by the time he died, I didn't. Like either. I always in my mind, I think of like late seventies. I always think of like I hear that I'm like, oh, it must, they must they must have been like cool and underground and like like you you know we're saying touring opening for Jimmy, but it's like yeah, they're also headlining Europe for years at that point mm-hmm. and all this kind of shit. So like. They were already a big band, and then it progressed having big old hits. I mean, there was that one video of them playing with the Beach Boys, where yeah. like the Beach Boys were basically doing like harmonies. their backing band. 1975, yeah. That was wild. Um, but So that was that was the sad part of the documentary. But then it goes back to sort of like guitar hunting time. 
which was oh, pretty man. freaking cool. Yeah, so uh, right when I think the doc's going to end, yeah. we get back into this kind of underlying theme where she wants to find this old Telecaster, her being the daughter, wants to find this old Telecaster mm-hmm. that he used to have. Which is kind of, yeah, they've sort of been talking about her. She was trying to get in contact with some guy, Victor or Vinny, I don't remember what they his touch name on was, it a few but times. He, he's like not talking. Someone's like, Wait not a minute. Oh, that's right. Her, you know, her dad's, I guess her, her stepmom was like holding on to these guitars. Yeah. And that's when they, they go and talk to her yeah. and go to her house. And they go to her house and there are guitar cases hidden all over the house. Just peppered throughout the house. Just like one, one in, like two in the closet, like behind some dresses. There's one buried under some boxes. In the front room, yeah. Um, we found some really neat guitars. I want to touch on those. Let's talk about let's, it. Let's save my, my probably my favorite for last. Obviously. Yeah, we'll go on. The, let's go on the order of the documentary. So yeah. there was the first one, which was I saw. I saw it was an ova- oh, the ovation. ovation acoustic. I was like, that's going to be an ovation. Seventies ovation. And it was some sort of like nylon string ovation. Yeah. But he had been the last person ever. And they showed the photo of him playing it, which I thought was really cool. very cool. Um, and he, I think he had a pig nose shirt on. Shirt on, yeah, probably. Um, and then there was an SG husk. <gasps> Gorgeous. Now you know a little bit more about SGs. SG, I looked about it early sixties. Yeah. Um, SG, what custom or probably a no? It was a standard. standard it was. Yeah. It might have still been called the last, but Paul it was at that just time. the neck and the body, right? It didn't have any of the hardware electronics, Pickups, yeah. but it had part. It looked like it had still part of the uh, old like sil- sideways, yeah, vibrola deal, yeah. Uh, but that guitar, fucking, that was cool. Fuck, dude! I got excited when I saw that. I, I was got like, very man. excited by that guitar because um, you know because that wasn't like, even that wasn't even the most exciting part though. No. So then they go to freaking up upstairs closet, and there are two more cases that they bust out. And it seemed to me like there were even more than this still. But like, yeah, I think they, they narrowed they it down. Which, by the way, they should have just done a dock of like walking through that house. I can't. I can't overstate how into watching cracking cases i am me too i will watch people on youtube crack unknown guitar cases all fucking day and all fucking night dude this should be Give a me, bigger thing i just want let's just make, let do that needs to be a guitar show yeah. let's make a, a internet show cracking cases with hank and dave like when i see those um collectors on like you know facebook or whatever groups like these stores and they're like they have the van they open the door and it's just a stacks of cases oh i've gotten experience that with cme or it's <sighs> like a, like a dude. like a box truck shows yeah. up dude that's some of the coolest shit i've oh. ever been able to do in my life we just went down to the texas guitar show and you're like oh man. exactly all right so there are two cases that come yes. out a tweed and just like a black case and i knew that tweed right away i go that's gonna be probably 50s because <laughs> i doubt it's an 80s reissue because he passed away way before that so yeah. that wouldn't have been and i go okay there's gonna be something 50s in this thing what is it dave well when they opened it i go okay that looks to me like a 50s strat it I would have guessed 57. It was white. I would have guessed 56, 57. It was white, obviously maple. And then um, you start to look at it, and it's really, really dark. The wood is like almost brown. Oh, that, so that has seen some cigarettes. And I'm, I'm kind of I'm looking at my wife, and I'm like, I bet, I bet that's like a 56, 57. Those are com, you know, popular years. Mm-hmm. And then they flip it over, and it's a serial number on the neck plate. It says 0003. Really? You didn't see that part? No, I didn't see that part. Well, it said number three. I did see that part. Oh, like, yeah. No, they I, that showed it. Ju- that could have just been like his. No, dude. They that showed was the real. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I zoomed. I like paused. I was like, I zero. thought that was him just like putting that like his own sort of scratches no, on there dude. or something. Zero, zero, zero. So that three. was like strat number three. Number three. That can't be. So 54? Yeah. I think 54. Yeah. First year. I, that's why I couldn't believe it either. That can't be it. We got. Oh we got to look it up. I. I have. I didn't even realize. I. I was like, oh, I'm just gonna ask Dave. I'm guessing it's no, because she like said she said number something. three, and then I was kind of like, what? Yeah. And then I swear they show the neck plate, and you can see it. No it's way. Four digits. Zero 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 three. Stamped. 
stamped into the plate Damn, where it should dude. be. Fucking okay. crazy. Unbelievable. Yeah. So and then, that's not even the coolest guitar that they pull out because, spoiler alert, folks. They find they it. They find it. Yeah. And I was hoping the whole time they'd find it. Me too. And But also, it's funny because if I would have read the article closer, that's what uh, Fender now is building. They're, they're reissuing that for the custom Well, that shop. might be the first thing we're talking about in future gear today, yeah, Dave. Yeah, which we will. Um, we'll segue into that. Yeah. But but I then I should have thought, like, common sense would have been like, oh, obviously they found, like, they have the guitar. Yeah. Um, there's a video I'll talk about. There's a video that they made, and yeah, they yeah. Talk about but the they found they shit. found the telly man, which looks it's, even cooler up close. It looks even cooler, and Fuck. she's like, she just like picks it up, and and she looks a lot like her dad in some yeah. ways, like a, a much more beautiful version of her father, frankly, because her mother her mother is just gorgeous. Uh, yeah, his, you know, and there was a there was a really cute story about how much he courted her for like a mm-hmm. year and wrote her letters every day, even when he was touring Europe. Romantic and she's just like guy, back living in Michigan or whatever. Yeah. But they got the guitar back, and then, you know, it's all sort of like hunky-dory. Then, dude, so, like, the way the movie ends was just sort of like the ultimate curveball, too. Because then all of a sudden, dude, it turns out that her stepdad is Kiefer Sutherland. What the hell? So they, like, they just go, they just shoot back to her, like, early 2000s wedding of him. Yeah, Kiefer walking her down the aisle, and then. That was sweet. Talking about Terry, and he does and, and like the he does stuff. like the dad speech. And That's right. Stuff. And, he, and yeah. Kiefer Sutherland himself is a guitar player with a signature Gibson guitar. That's right. So uh, that you know, he, there's definitely did not expect to there. see that. Did not expect it. I was and I was ended like, out that, with some Kiefer. They walk out because they don't really say it at first, and I'm like, is that Kiefer Sutherland? They say they're like, oh, this is Michelle's wedding or whatever. Yeah. And he walks her down, and then he gives a speech, and then and they show like, Kiefer yeah. Sutherland. Yeah, her I, stuff. I was like, damn it, I knew it. Yeah, that was really cool. Uh, and that's that. I mean, they kind of they kind of ended from there. You know, I want to say there was one more gear thing as I'm looking at you and that microphone in front of you. A lot of the time when they were recording, our boy K- Terry was singing into an RE20, just like you're talking into right now, buddy. Oh, really? Yeah, I noticed it a lot. I didn't they, notice that in the studio. Dang, they, he was singing into RE20s with like cool. a big old foam, foamy boy over the top. Because these of have been around a long time. Though. Hot minute, buddy. I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, that's we we pretty much wrapped it up there. What? what yeah. You, tell me some of your thoughts about the um, movie. What did you as a Dave's doc compared to? How did you feel about it compared to the original Chicago doc that you saw? I liked it more. I you thought did. it was more nerdy. I think the Chicago doc they tried to cover more of the story of the entire band they had to they sure. didn't focus on terry enough and I, I i still think man i really do think he's one of my favorite guitar players man and and i am a huge chicago fan like i love listening to those i have mm-hmm. like four of their records i love putting them on randomly and i think i for me it was perfect man and i was like you had it was emotional i got kind of choked up at the end when his band was talking about him and they all cried and i that, cried too i, I really was like you yeah. know he's talking about how like he because terry assembled that band and he kind of you know they were like, he saved us like from doing other things. I mean, we would have never had anything. Those mm-hmm. are the original guys. I mean, they it's are. pretty crazy. That band didn't go through insane lineups, at least through the time that Terry was alive. Right. So um, it was it was emotional. You had the gear nerdery going on, the underlying. There was a lot of gear nerdery. I loved the balance. Yeah, I loved. They got into gear, and it wasn't like, it's enough for like a layman to understand. Of course, one, yeah. You know, they didn't get like too technical. At one point, they were like, "He's it was his rig. They, we call it a rig or something like that." Yeah, really th- yeah. He's, he's like, like we'll call it a rig. T- they talk. Um, you had like real interviews with the members, which we talked about, mm-hmm. and you know, celebrity interviews and stuff. Joe Walsh, big bonus. He was hilarious. Mm-hmm. So I think for me, it's it's it was way better than the Netflix one. Um, and I I had everything that I like in a documentary, and they they didn't spend too much time like on the uh, I like the story, you know, but they didn't spend too much time on it where it was like oh let's talk about him as a teenager for like forty five minutes or something, mm-hmm. you know. So they paced it out really nicely. I felt like I, I I agree with every single word that just came out of your mouth, buddy. Well, I don't think I've seen the the Netflix doc, but I have via osmosis because you have. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I loved it, it, man. I did, I did. I really enjoyed it. There was 
uh, we didn't even mention, but of, uh, you know, I think it's probably obvious at this point, there's a lot of real music. They didn't have yeah. to dance around any of that. No, kind I was of worried no at the very issues. opening credits. I was worried because I heard some kind of, it sounded kind of generic and I was like, oh, oh no. no. But then they start playing 25 or 624 yep. and I was like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> they're, they're going to have licensing for this one, man. So there's so, a lot of that. Yeah. I, I already had an appreciation for him. I have a deeper appreciation yeah. for him as a guitar player, as just having gotten a glimpse into his world. I loved it, man. What's your give it? Give it to us. What was your totally arbitrary ranking? What do you got? I, I'm gonna say this. This ranking wasn't arbitrary at all. Uh-huh. I truly feel this way. For me, it was a solid ten, dude. <gasps> solid ten out of ten. Pig nose guitars. That's it, dude. It, it had everything I like in a documentary, and I, I I I was trying to think about like there was nothing I didn't like about it. And I do love the band. I'm I'm biased because I do oh. love Chicago's music. So I wish I knew how many perfects there have been, folks, because there have not been many. There's been like two. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe Gimme Shelter was one. I of think Gimme, but I I might even give that a nine and a half. Yeah, I might even give that nine and a half. Yeah. Tongues out of yeah. like, tonguesy boys. I might have gave. The, wow, dude. Yeah, ten I mean, out of ten. Yeah, that's it, man. Uh, I have to because I was I was about to give it a nine and a half, and I was like, why? Why am I shaving off half a point? There was nothing in it. Maybe it could have been longer for me. I, I could have gone longer, but it wasn't too long. It was like an hour and twenty minutes. Nothing crazy. I think for what you just said, I will not give it a perfect score. I'll, I'm going to go nine and a half out of ten Saturdays in the park <laughs> because I I would have I could have used more. Yeah, and I don't say that almost ever about anything, frankly. Yeah. But I could have used more of that. I also have to mention. Um, it kind of wrapped up awesomely too with them getting inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That was nice, and 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 Michelle making the acceptance. Yeah, and, and that, that was stuff. super cool too because I was like, wow. I mean, that probably what did that happen in like 2014 or something like that? I think that's oh, no, it was earlier than that because was it? Rob Thomas introduced yeah, them, and I don't think but Rob looked, Thomas was doing much in 2014. Was no, he? I don't. know. I think it would have been 2004 if anything. Okay, maybe that. And uh, that that sounds about right. Yeah. Either way, yeah, it, they they looked good. I, did they yeah. must have performed? I would I would hope. Yeah. I don't know how they do that. I've actually never watched one of those things before. You know, um, there's the new one is on on the old whatever. I think whatever airs at HBO Max, maybe. Oh, really? I noticed that the most recent Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction. Do they induction, do multiple bands on one night, or is it like they do the whole thing? It's yeah. a big ceremony. Cool. Pull kit and caboodle. Well, dude, that was a great one. I love when we get to watch movies together. Yeah, it's me too. Like man. We didn't actually get to watch it together, but it's like we did, and then we like. You hang know, out I and... I had a few on deck, and then you sent me that article about the uh, telly, which I hope we'll get into in a second. Mm-hmm. But um. We start reading and then you're like, and there's a doc. And I'm like, well, that's, I'm shifting gears, man. I'm watching that. So it, it worked out because folks, as we, sh- as we shift gears into future gear. Yeah. And we've got just a few things that we want to talk about. It's, this is going to be a light one this week and which is fine. Uh, folks, there's a Fender Terry Kath signature telecaster that was announced just this week. Mm-hmm. And that's how this all sort of got rolled out as Dave mentioned before. So there are, I don't remember. Let's see if I wrote it down. Here we go. 50 pieces worldwide they're making okay master built by dennis galushka mm-hmm. they i watched the video they apparently have been talking about doing this guitar for like over 20 years they just like network always sort of like mm-hmm. oh man it's gonna be so hard to do the stickers right and blah 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 well now that michelle made this documentary she was like hey i found the guitar let's do this so yeah. she sort of spearheaded it with them they worked on it together I, bada they, bing, bada she boom. brings the guitar to them she brought the guitar to them and, and they, they can they can it. do a literal um copy which i think we talked to carlos about when we had him on we did which um, folks if you haven't listened to that episode with carlos, carlos Lopez, Lopez, fender man. master builder yeah. extraordinaire you should go listen fantastic um and you know i was trying to think yeah i, I can't remember i think the only one i've I recall off the top of my head that they've done that with where they had the physical guitar to compare to was the Andy Summers Ro- Telecaster. They did it with Rocky. 
as well. Okay, that the, makes sense. That, that strat, right? Okay. That oh, makes the sense. summer Andy Summers. The Andy Summers right. with, the, yes. with the humbucker and the, and the actually a very similar guitar, really, similar sort about. of setup. So the, they, for this one, they're using a heavy relic fifty-two Tele Ash body. Which you know, obviously, that that's sort of in my mind why I think I accidentally said fifty nine earlier. I had that oh, in my right. brain. Um, finished in aged vintage white lacquer, chrome nickel hardware. It has a sixty seven Tele maple neck with twenty one frets, seven point two five inch inch freight, seven point two five inch freight fretboard radius. Uh, it's got the Strat tremolo on there, which is a weird setup. And he talked they about did talk on about there. that upgrade in the doc. He really liked that Strat tremolo, and it has a sawn off telly bridge plate mm -hmm. so for the bridge pickup it's it's like an original telly style where it is that metal plate but then it's sawed off and then beneath that is a through through body strat pickup which is pr or a strat uh, bridge which is pretty cool yeah and i wonder if they're going to put the duct tape on the back that's right they did show that they flipped it over and there was silver duct tape on the well because that guitar thing. you know it, it wasn't meant to originally be set and up like the, that the rash underneath the duct tape right. too it was wild man i would hope not hey, i don't want duct kind of because uh dave the, here's the other thing about this guitar not a cheap boy mm -hmm. how much do you think they're charging for this i already know so oh you do if I guess. dang isn't it like 20 grand it's 20 grand come on that's it's you know what 50 pieces worldwide that's master true. built it's I a collector's it. thing I, they're I probably gonna the like prices there's probably gonna be a handful of them that just go to like ceos and shit too like they're gonna be like that's where most of those guitars yeah, go like high up guys so that's okay but man i'm i'm just glad that that guitar is back in the world mm -hmm. again and yeah. that uh and then you know if you want the closest thing you're ever gonna get to playing one is fine wheels i bet cme gets one so let's go hang out in front of chicago music exchange until that <laughs> shipment shows up and yeah. then we can play it absolutely man. it's the second they get anything like that they get snapped yeah. up i remember i was still there when they had when the the rocky stuff was going down and they bought a couple of them I think. yeah didn't they buy two or three i think so yeah at least two so uh, if you feel like it folks and you got that kind of scratch line around get yourself on the pre-order list for a uh, fender terry cast signature because uh they're it's a cool looking. Now. It's a cool looking thing, man, and it, it is extra cool that they're building it to spec. Like they mapped out every like every piece of like wear and everything on it. It's they've got be, that stuff, especially when they're doing master build stuff. Yeah. They've got that stuff such, on such lockdown. Yeah, now. it's just like it's I I truly trust that if you pick that guitar, pick that guitar, it's going to feel like you're picking up the original and as cl as close as you're going to get to that experience. Didn't he also have like no pickguard on it? And you could see the wires running through the center where the strings are. Just like you, Dave, on your guitar and yeah. uh, <laughs> your, your, your jazz bass, you take those pickguards off. Yeah, damn right. And you see the route where the uh, bridge um, or the uh, ground on the goes through. Yeah, everything. you can see it. Yeah. A couple other new pieces of gear this week. Okay. Want to want to touch on really fast here. Uh, Walrus updated their slow reverb. I don't know if you've ever tried that pedal. No. I do like Walrus, though. You do like Walrus. It, the SLO with an umlaut over the top of it is very popular. It's sort of like a... I think you could probably get normal-sounding reverbs out of it, but you get that pedal to do like real modulated, cool, washy, out there, crazy reverbs. The only problem I ever had with that pedal, and I've, and I've been close to getting it myself, was that it was just... There are so many sounds in there that it's almost just like I wish I had multiples of them. Well, yeah. they've just announced and released the Slotva, which is the same thing as the slow, but it has presets now. Oh, same cool. size, same. It has two. It's like a you know normal smaller-ish size guitar pedal, and but it still has two foot switches on there. And now I, I think you like press them both, and you get three presets. Oh, very cool. Which would make that thing so much more useful to me, and I think so many other people. And you can get it now, folks, for two hundred and twenty-nine dollars. They, I think, I guess they were doing this like national parks series that was like sort of limited versions of their pedals and i think that they had something to do with the national parks i don't know don't quote me on that okay. 
this was the feature on that. They've now just made it like standard issue and you can get that shit. Awesome. Any day of the week. I love it. Me too. Might get one myself. I got to ask you a question about this next piece of gear, Dave. Okay. Are you familiar with the orange bass butler? I was almost going to text you that last night. You were? Yeah. Because you saw the guitar butler. I saw the ad for it and I go, or it's the guitar butler. This is the one I saw. Right. So the bass butler existed, has existed for over a year yes, or two now. That's right. The guitar butler is the new one. That's it's what I saw boy. the ad for yes. and I almost sent it to you. And uh, I did a little research on it too, man. You did. Yeah. What do you think? Tell us about I it. Think what it do you sounds, think about the guitar I butler? I think it sounds fucking cool. I'm actually more interested to hear your opinion of it because. Uh, you've messed with stuff like Kemper and you're kind of like into like, you know, you know a lot more about direct signal direct recording. Stuff, sure. Um, but what it is, it's a, well, explain what it is. It's a, it's a preamp. Basically. It's a rig in a box yeah. essentially for you, you, you put, you plug your guitar or pedal board into it and then it takes care of like your amp type stuff, uh, and direct recording stuff. So you can plug it into external amps and speakers or however you want to use it, but it's yes. really kind of designed to live on a pedal board or like be on the ground. And then you plug that direct into like a PA or your recording setup and use it that way. Or even headphones. Can you plug it into passive speakers and it'll just work or does it have to be, into it doesn't a power have, amp, it I does think, not right? have a power amp. That's right. Okay. It, or maybe if it does, it's like a very tiny one yeah. used to just like power the like headphone or something yeah, like that. Right. But I don't think it, it certainly doesn't have enough to run. That's like, what I thought you would have, you would want to run it into a head or like a combo i would something. if i were if i were going to use it i would run it either into a power amp into yes. a speaker or into the effects loop of a guitar amp that has one because then you can just bypass the preamp right. because it has two separate preamp channels in it and that's yeah. kind of like the magic of this thing is it has that orange sound in a box that you then put it like plug into other it stuff it sounds i mean from the demo i saw it sounded pretty cool yeah it's 429 bucks I uh, I think it's a very useful device. From the demo, it sounded good. My I have one qualm with it. I would say mm-hmm. is that I have always, and I guess this is just a larger issue with Orange in general, is that I love the Pix only interface. I find it very cute. I find it very impractical, dude. I was gonna bring that up, and I didn't want to sound stupid, but I was like, I don't know what half of these do. <laughs> Um, it's I mean oh, they they've been it's this quote unquote picks only interface that they've sure. had on their amps for years and where it's just like a a fist and like an arrow yeah. pointing up and stuff and it's squiggly hard, lines squiggly and lines hieroglyphics and it's, it's kind of hard to know unless you've used it or you're like in and I'm sure in, in there even in the instruction manual it has well, stuff but like when you're just looking at it and you if you don't know it looks it's like what yeah what are well, these hieroglyphics fucking well like mean? I know on like the pick only or fifty right yeah. there's like because there's only four there's knobs only a on couple knobs thing. so you're like All right. and two of them are fucking giant you know yeah. okay that one's volume and then you're like that's mid in the middle and there's high you're always right. looking for mids yeah dude i gotta crank those things man go for. but this has eight and i'm also like oh because it had more ch- than eight dude it? Yeah, yeah because it was, it was like two it's two rows of knobs right exactly so and, I, I was yeah. like fuck this man like, yeah it might have been like 10 yeah it was crazy i think i these things in general are they're kind of trendy but i, I think for a reason there's a, a lot of people make this type of thing this box right now that does stuff like this i I do see gear moving this way. Mm-hmm. I think it's more I right now for me the bass butler seems much more useful than a guitar butler. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Yeah, like, the, you're, so you said the bass butler's been out for a little it's while. It's been out, right? I think, since 2020, I want to say. Yeah. And, you know, I would probably consider buying something like that just as like a DI box, like to have a good DI box for totally. shows or recording. Or even just have another flavor to run with your bass rig because you could run into just the power section of your amps and then, ah. you, ha- and then you have like an orange, quote unquote, setup. Interesting. I would yeah. like to try that, actually. Totally. And these, I, the, I think, it, well, I know for sure the guitar version, I think the bass one does too. They have their own built in effects loop. So you mm-hmm. can just treat it like. 
like it's the preamp or the a, a part of your guitar amp really yeah yeah so the, i think that they're cool this one i, I don't need it but uh mm-hmm. i think the baseballer is fucking dope. who i'm trying to think of if anyone else off the top of your head does something like this exactly Victor, victory milkman although theirs has like a power amp built into it uh so there are so many companies that make preamps uh pedals um i do like the idea that it's like relatively affordable like 450 bucks right i mean that's perfect if you're in the studio a lot or you're like you know if you're gigging you know a lot i mean and I, you like that orange grindy yeah kind of yeah you obviously want to like the tone yeah because that is its own flavor isn't it i keep going back to the bass thing just because that i mean hmm. i've owned a lot of i've owned a lot of orange amps and the only one i haven't and the only one that i still want to own is the 8200 me too man man I, it's my favorite of all time it's that is just like the bass sound and they've gotten too expensive they used to be cheap i should have bought one not cheap but they like, were never cheap but they were there you could get one i remember there I was remember one, in a, one for like in, a, tw- in a case for like 15 yeah 12, i was gonna 12, say i saw bucks. one without a case for like 1250 and yeah. i was like damn you know now they are two thousand dollars. double that yeah. yep uh, a couple other pieces of things to mention. Uh, this is these are this is just a cosmetic thing, but I, I think it's really cool, and I remember the original. So Ibanez has announced a ruby red TS9. As cool. we all know, they're tube screamers yeah. are known for being green boys. And Another back in variation. 2019, they unveiled a 40th anniversary version of its famous TS808, which is the original tube screamer. In this shiny red chromey looking thing, I'm I'm sold on shit like this. Me dude. too, dude. It, it does all the same stuff as an 808, <laughs> right. but it's got a shiny red box. Hey. And it's sick. Now there's a TS9, same deal, same pedal, but it's in ruby red. Available now for pre-order. How much would you pay for that pedal, Dave? Um, I bet it's it's probably it's new, brand new, one ninety nine. You're so good, one seventy nine ninety nine. Yeah. So get it now. The last thing I want to say, also related to prices here. Okay. We talked about it last week. This could have gone in the symphony. It's yeah. going here in future gear. The price of the PRS Silver Sky SE Ooh. has been rocked upon the world. It's been revealed. And I want to know, uh, now that we've talked it through and I'm did a full episode, you had a week to reflect. Said, damn it. Did I say $699? You said, two, you said two different numbers. I think you might have. I, there was a six definitely I, involved I in the first one. And then, you, and then you went up for a later one. I, I undercut Mexican Fender for yes, um, right. because I thought it would be smart to maybe sell it. Under a thousand. What is a Mexican Fender Strat? Do we know? Nine hundred ninety-nine. Okay. Or maybe eight ninety-nine, uh-huh. somewhere around there. Um, so nine hundred bucks. I was thinking it'd be cool to see it for like seven or eight hundred, but then I was like, maybe if it's better parts, maybe eleven hundred, twelve hundred. So I really flip flopped. I know, but I want to hear now that diplomatic. now that I have a number in front of me, what do you think it is? Uh, While you're thinking about it, I want to I want to get this out there. There was a little video I watched when they announced it. John Mayer was playing guitar. Yeah. I'm just gonna go on a limb as a fellow tall boy. I hate to say it. John Mayer is a little too bit bit too big for for this for the Strat and for yeah. his guitar. He looks he, lo- he it kind of looks a, he, like a little bit of a kind of like he hunches over, over it. he hunches over it, dude. And that's also his style a little, right? Like he's the hunchy shoulders. He looks shoulders. better with a bigger guitar. Um, I agree. He would look good with like a nice three thirty five out or something. And then the acoustics, you know. Yeah, I'm gonna say you know what? Yeah, I'm gonna cut the difference between what I said last. I'm gonna say nine ninety nine. You should have stuck with your gut from last week. It is which l- gut we under which gut we undercut Fender at eight forty nine. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's I mean it's 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 a good deal, and I think yeah. they're going to sell a lot of them. The I did one thing we didn't mention that I that I do think is important. That I'm not sure. Well, I'm not sure how important, but so this is a Korean made obviously instrument versus mm-hmm. their usual U.S. made sure. stuff. Uh, but they're pickups are the same design as the ones that he uses on his guitars okay but they're now made overseas so they're right. not the exact but it's same the pickups. same schematic and everything exactly okay 
849 dude that's enough to make yeah. me kind of think about maybe getting a strat around the house really i dude i don't well, i have played i have played those guitars and they're real good but not hmm. the se but their american versions are yeah. really nice yeah and i've had an se i don't know if pure is it paul if you're listening bud yeah it's available in like four colors you send me whichever one sells the least sure the yellow one right probably gonna be a yellow boy <laughs> don't really like yellow but that's fine yeah. i mean i, I like know. i like to wear yellow i've discovered recently but i don't really like, yeah i've got a couple sort of like mustardy yellow things. a mustard yellow yeah a dark yellow. yeah i like a sure. greenish yellow maybe something oh, like that fucking packer fan yeah uh that's that for the for the gear talk now we got to talk a little bit about something that is going to be a that's going to be a two-parter a little day. project going because we opened up a project today mm-hmm. And uh, we don't have a ton to say just yet because we hit a little bit of a roadblock. Sure. But let's just get it started. Yeah. What happened? What'd you buy? Uh, so last week, um, I'm, I've, I've been thinking about getting stack knobs or concentric pots for the jazz bass for a long time. We talk about stacky boys, I think, at least we once do. a week uh, on the Just show. to remind people, from 60 to 61 when the jazz bass first came out and like a little bit in 62, they um, used these concentric pots, which are, you know, it's volume, volume, no, volume, tone, volume, tone. And if you're, and, and if you're a ding dong like me, concentric just means two and one. Two and one, yeah. So they're stacked up together. So what you see from, you know, looking at the guitar is just two knobs, but there's actually four, you know, things. So you get spin. individual volume and tone yeah, four per, pots, which is what is, what's you, what do you usually get on a jazz bass? A jazz bass is usually wired volume, These days. volume, volume, tone. So master tone. Yeah, so there's a master tone, and then you can uh, just you know individually control the pickups with the neck or the bridge. And so this gives you one extra. And tone when you're so. wanting to, so was it? Did, were you so deeply in need of another tone control that, that that's why you wanted to do this, or was it just you're kind of feeling a niche and you wanted to switch yeah. some shit up? Yeah, it was uh, actually it just popped up on Reverb. It, it was a used set. Um, it's slightly like kind of older looking in Relic, so I figured it would match the bass. Mm-hmm. And I think they were asking about half of what you would really pay for one. I've looked at some full assemblies before. Mm-hmm. They're like 120 to 150. You got, you got a really nice deal on this. Yeah, and I think if you wanted to assemble one yourself, which would be a pain in the ass. You can get like for 80 bucks, you can buy the parts or whatever, mm-hmm. but then you got to wire everything and solder everything. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. This was already assembled. Um, I, you know, I talked to my buddy Hank over here. I says, I says, Hank, if I buy this, would you help me install it? Because I'm shit at soldering and I don't really understand schematics. And I said, of course. What and could said, possibly go wrong? We'll talk about it on the pod. And so I brought it over today and um, it came last week. So it has been tugging at me all week. I know. Oh, man. I bet. So I brought it over today and we hit a little speed bump, but I don't think it's anything we have to worry too much about. No. So basically the deal is, is it's really because it's already pre-wired, it's pretty easy to get get back in there. The, the, The first road bump roadblock that we ran into is that whoever, you know, had done this before used a lot of solder and the (laughs) solder was in there real good. So it took me a while to get it popped off but we got it taken taken out we're, yeah. we're smart enough to take pictures labeled everything that's not a big deal yeah because it's all pre-wired it's really just attaching the pickups and then the output and then the grounds really mm-hmm. there are a couple extra wires in there that i wasn't expecting to see so mm-hmm. we'll you know we'll sort that out yeah the main issue that we've run into is that so that the body on this jazz tell us it's a so your neck is a 61 so it, it's a it's a 62 so 60, it's a it's a mutt jazz bass yes. it's a um it's a december 62 neck um, so it's a veneer board. It's not right. a slab. Uh, rosewood clay dots, obviously. Really, really skinny profile. It's fucking Love awesome. Love the neck. Um, then the body is a 65, but it's been refinished with like, you know, refrigerator paint, I think mm. they used to call it. Like, oh, really? It's like this that plastic-y, prim- primary, kind plasticky of primary kind of paint. Um, but I love it because it's got all kinds of wear and shit and it's white. And then... Um, fucking racist. <laughs> yeah, it's not black. And then the controls were i don't even know like it had the volume volume tone right 
the pots they look old but i can't even read a date yeah, so we've got to, we're gonna have to date those bad yeah boys we'll date those things so we got it out we were gonna put it in and it turns out that the original route yes probably because it's been filled with paint that was probably there originally yeah a thicker paint too is just slightly not wide enough to get the whole thing in there yeah so, so and we couldn't have known that until we got the other assembly out because it was just in the way yeah and we didn't want to get it all wired up and then realize it doesn't fit and then have to desolder it and all so that. so the roadblock that we had today is we've decided we are going to widen it we just don't want to use improper tools i don't own a dremel that is yeah. actually a thing that is on my list of tools that i need to own and before the purists freak out um you know yes i will be doing a tiny bit of routing in the actual right. cavity um, where the control goes in on a 65 body. I understand that, but it's also mine, it's and yours. I'm not going to sell it anytime soon. It's my well, jazz base. If that was a, if that was an unmolested original 65 body, right? No I way. wouldn't feel original good about sunburst doing it. or something. No but way. But that body's yeah. been refinished. It's probably already had stuff screwed yeah. in in places it's it got, wasn't it's meant got a, before. There's a strange hole in the middle where the uh, pick guard was. So there's all kind. It's it's not perfect. It's, you know, and all of it's going to be covered by the control plate. Yes. Anyways. Yeah. And we're not going to go crazy in there. We're just going to really no. going to thin out the inside where the it. paint is. Essentially, yeah. that's going to come out and maybe like literally a millimeter more on both yeah. sides. But, but not, we probably don't have to top. do the top of no, it. At all. Definitely yeah. Not. And, I, and, I, and I'm, I appreciate that. By the way, if you ever want to see some bad routing that uh, the P base, the year 75 yeah. has some wild. Routing. Oh, really? I've oh, never yeah. Taking the pick guard off. Yeah, of because thing. I mean, it has three knobs, which there's not room for three knobs. in Yeah, there. it's not bad. It's not all over the place, uh-huh. but it's it's they did a chunk and they just it looks like they used like a butter knife or something. That's awesome. It. I can't. I know I want to go take part that of being apart. a 70s, you know, P base of the time. Yeah. Um, luckily, it's covered with the pick guard. You, you know what, dude? You gave yeah. me the you gave me. Oh, that thing's no, that thing's fantastic. But yeah. So, uh, you know. So where do we land? Well, we need got a Dremel. A, we've got a good Dremel, and we've got a couple feelers out there. We, you know, my, my old man's got one. Yeah. you've got one that's kind of busted, so we might not. Mine use isn't that. powerful enough. I don't think it'll uh, work. Your, yeah. your good buddy Jay has one. We might yeah. be able to go over him. So next step is getting a Dremel, just hogging a little bit of wood just out, just a and tiny then bit, soldering that puppy up and popping it back and in. And then I'm really curious to hear how it's going to sound because we we tested it here first um, before we took anything apart, and we were kind of analyzing the tone i yeah. guess you could say and you know I, it does have flat wound so it's going to have a rounder sound to it um how would you describe it it was so i, I you know i've played your basses a lot but i i don't think i've really like examined the tone that closely so i was i was when i was listening to, especially when i was listening to you play that guitar there's something it's kind of a stupid thing for me to say but it there's something about it that sounds old mm-hmm not in like a broken way, but in just like the the vibe of the sound yeah. just has a, a, a like a sound. vintage kind of yeah. sound to it. it. Doesn't sound like a modern bass. You can kind of get it closer to that, especially when you bring more of the bridge pickup in. Mm-hmm. My favorite sound, uh, I think, was when you were just playing the neck the pickup. neck pickup. Yeah, which is how I used it um, for a long time. Um, I should have mentioned the pickup. So the the neck pickup is like an 82 reissue pickup. Right. Is that a red might bottom? Be, it might be a red bottom, but um, if not, it's still from that era. And then the bridge pickup actually is a real 62 black bottom mm-hmm. pre-CBS. So that I had that for a long time where it was dead and it wasn't even in the base. Oh, it's rewound, right? So I, play, it, I had it rewound and I played it with like a... I just played it with a hole, like literally where the cavity is. Oh, the cover kind of covers yeah, it up. Because you played a, the bridge cover. For a long time, I played gigs with it where it was just a freaking neck pickup just mm-hmm. in there. And it was, you know, it kind of became my tone. So I probably won't stray far from how I approach it. But it's, mm-hmm. it is going to be nice to have all that extra. And it I, looks cool. Yeah. Honestly. So, like, why not? Yeah. Uh, and it's free fucking meat on the bone for this here podcast yeah, of man. ours. So, you know, throw your, throw your bass up to the 
God's, I'm loaning you a Les Paul to take home with you, so yeah. we'll have some notes for you to give the next couple weeks. You don't have to give it back next week. I don't, in fact, keep it as long as you want. Okay. Until I, until I sell it. But <laughs> Yeah, um, of course. You're like, I need maybe, you to bring that maybe, back tomorrow. Maybe to you. <laughs> Dude, it's, uh, yeah, it's up there. I'll, I'll take uh, $25 payments uh, oh, once a week. Yeah, nice. For, we'll see how long that takes. I'll bring you McDonald's. Um, Yeah, it's actually, it's funny. We were going to meet this week. You know, Charlie's a big, better guitar player than I, and I would mm-hmm. love for him to play it. And Bring see it to practice. He, yeah. yeah, we're not going to play with him this week. He's in Costa Rica or some shit. But uh, next week, maybe if I still have oh, yeah, it, dude. I'll bring it to practice. So that's that yeah. for this week, man. We've got a uh, we've got some loose ends. This is like a cliffhanger episode. So yeah. hopefully, we don't ruin your bass. Uh, oh. ne- tune in next week to find out. <laughs> we come back. We're just like. Uh, so uh, Dave isn't my friend anymore. Yeah, guys. We, uh, <laughs> I handed him the pieces back, and he left. No, that's the nice thing about guitars, man. Well, first, you're you're a skilled technician at this uh, stuff, but I but I would also say that uh, there's only so many things that could possibly go wrong. So you know, we can we can that, especially it. with a like a fender like that. I mean, they're so you can just they're, they're just they take go down to pieces, you yeah, know. So yeah. so I'm not too worried about me it neither. Though. But uh, yeah, man, I I don't know. That was a great up, buddy. Yeah. Great hang too. It was, a, it was a long early hang because we did all that before we got on the mic. I know today. I've been here for like a record amount of time. Exactly, it feels feels good. So, folks, if you made it to the end of this episode, which I hope you did, because it was a good one, why don't you go make some music? <laughs>